0: For nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, Rosie on the Information that you can't get anywhere else, and thirty years of Rosie on the House.
1: Hour number four of Rosie on the House, the ten o'clock hour. This is the final broadcast. We'll be covering paint. October is Paint Month, and. We've brought in the production manager for Rosie Remodeling, Don Breeze. Uh, a lot of you that have listened for a long time have heard us refer to him over the years as the gentle giant. Spent a uh, number of years in the painting industry and uh, hasn't grown any, you know, like fourth arm or weird mutation from all the fumes. <laughs> still, still apparently yeah. has his wits about yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's one industry that has more new, inventions as it relates to all the trades in the housing. It seems to be painting, uh, ways to make it easier, ways to make it faster, different brushes, different tapes. And this half hour of the painting hour, we're going to talk about you know, maybe some of these that you shouldn't spend your money on or some that do help increase the overall finished product of your paint job. Every hardware show I go to, there's some new invention for paint, but there's not always a new invention for carpenters. There's not always a new invention for electricians, but there's always something for painters.
0: Yeah, the uh, that that's true. The, you know, on any given year, uh, it seems like there's anywhere from a dozen to two dozen innovations in the paint industry, and a lot of them um, uh, have to do primarily with um, um, masking materials and tapes, as you've mentioned, um, some of the Uh, caulking uh, and some of those kinds of products and things have evolved and so they are they're making a lot of changes every year and it's hard to keep up with and know what's good and what's not that's for sure well we'll start with prepping tools because
1: the paint job's only as good as the prep work that goes into it and the surface it's going on top of how many different types of tapes there used to be the blue painter's tape yeah yeah and now there's Ten variations of the blue one,
0: and then you've got a green one, and you've got a yellow one, and there's an orange one. Yeah, yeah. And and um, while there's while there's not necessarily a you know a, an, in, an industry standard amongst manufacturers for color, uh, 3M being one of the largest, uh, if not the largest. Um, but the, the what they've done with tapes is they have soft releases and different amounts of adhesive, and um, you know so some of that. Uh, is some good money spent if you have delicate surfaces such as wallpaper or or, uh, things that you want to make sure that you don't have a lot of adhesion um, then that's that's good money spent Um, some of the stuff that they have for pinstriping or doing graphics um, that's that's uh, that's good money spent Um, we used to do it in a different way they've made it easier by putting the product on the Uh, backside of the tape and then it's moisture activated and that creates a a little seal and that keeps the paint from bleeding behind the paint edge. That's good money spent on those kinds of, of products. And that bleed through is critical. Yes, it is. It, you can tell a good sharp line from one where you've had, you know, uh, fraying or, or the areas where the paint's, uh, you know, bled in behind there, and it just doesn't look crisp and clean. Um, or you're going back and forth for an hour trying to reestablish and straighten out and do the touch up. So that is good money spent on those on on some of those uh, tape materials.
1: And when you pull off a tape line that's on a twenty 25- five foot long wall run in your living room and you see all these different little bleed throughs you think well i could just go up there and touch them up by hand you know, about the first three feet you probably get a nice, smooth line, and then you get irritated, frustrated, and you try and hurry
0: it up, and you can see which side they started on and which side they finished on. Yeah, that's that's the truth. That's the truth. That's why, you know, there's different there's different uh, techniques for establishing straight lines. You know, you can use water levels. Um, you can use lasers. Water level. Yeah, water levels, basically a PVC tube. Um, 20 to 30 feet long filled with water and water seeks its own level so you can hold one end up at the elevation you want to create the the line or the graphic and take the other end and it'll find its you know seek, seek level with itself and then you can basically just you know go from there and establish a good straight line and you can make hash marks every three to four feet to, you know, ensure that you are following a good line. Lasers are an easy way, you know, a $30, $40 laser at one of the hardware stores or something, you get a good good line out of that too. So,
1: And once the tape is on, we've got to make sure we've got a good bond. I've even seen guys that will go behind and
0: put a little, little tiny bead of caulk right on the edge yep, of the tape. Yeah, that's the old school <laughs> way, yeah. And that's that. That's still uh, something that's necessary on some of the uh, more heavily textured surfaces. So the, the tape that has the product on the back side that's moisture activated works very well on some of the smooth surfaces. You push the edge down, you get a good tight seal, and then once the paint hits it, um, the product activates, and you end up with a good crisp line. Um, uh, heavy, you know, textured surfaces that are a little more heavy in, in nature that's the way you'd, do it. you'd run the tape you don't need the special tape for that you can use regular masking tape and then you take a um, some caulking run it along that edge take a wet sponge, kind of melt that caulking in a little bit so you can barely see the tape edge and then you paint it and the trick is that you pull it while it's wet um, if you let the paint dry sometimes the, the, the paint Bond is stronger, and you'll end up peeling or fraying that tape edge. So the trick to that is, as you as you're painting that, you pull it uh, right immediately. Paint's it's not going to drip. Uh, uh, no, if it does, you put on <laughs> you put it on much. too much. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> now, what about the tape width? I have never liked anything over inch and a half, maybe two. Those those three and four inch that just seems too cumbersome
0: to me. I've, what's the purpose of those super? Well, there's yeah, there's uh, there's times where, um, for instance, having two inch tape is a more practical way of protecting a space such as in between casing and an um, and an adjacent wall that perhaps has an accent color or something like that, and um, trying to do it with paper or freehand, you know, uh, cutting it in isn't a good option. And uh, so you can just run an appropriate width of tape down that particular strip. Uh, generally speaking, you want to um, just use uh, um, the smallest width uh, as, as is necessary to accomplish a good bond in between the area you're trying to protect and the adjacent area you're painting. And then use uh, paper on a masking machine with that tape is a good way to just kind of run an apron, if you will, of protection uh, such as baseboard, uh, something like that where you would run a um, masking machine and then slide your drop cloth up underneath it and you're, you're in good shape. And on your masking machine, it's a hand tool that has uh,
1: a spot you put your tape on Yep. And then it c- comes around and it connects to either a roll of paper or a roll of plastic. Do Correct. you have a preference? on paper plastic or when do you use one versus the other? Uh,
0: Well, they have what's called uh, 72 and 96 inch masking film comes in rolls like the paper does. What that's uh, designed to do is if you had a large area of wall, uh, let's say, that you needed to protect um, and you were uh, going to be rolling the ceiling next to that wall, um, it's a lot easier to use the masking film Um, Because it dispenses like uh, the paper does, and then you basically just unfold it down to the um, 72 or 96 inch, whichever, you know, um, roll you've bought. And and it's a real easy way to cover a large amount of wall surface very quickly versus holding up, you know, plastic visqueen and trying to tape. and and get that into place um the paper is something that you usually use like an apron um around an area such as baseboard and sliding a drop cloth up underneath it that way you don't have to um mask uh, uh a lot of flooring or something like that and it's a good way to to just have some good protection anywhere from four to six feet out off of the wall um, they do have some different um uh Uh, paper uh, products for the masking machines. They have regular paper, which is uh, good for general purpose uses. Um, If you're worried about any kind of material um, leaking through the paper and being absorbed by the paper, they have a green uh, paper, and that um, will uh, prevent any moisture, any of the product from actually being absorbed and, and leaching through that paper into the flooring or the and just to give anybody a good perspective
1: uh when they're working on their own paint project for a professional how much time are your crew spending masking and protecting versus physically applying the paint
0: it's that's a great question um as a general rule uh if you were painting a interior rooms in your in your house or something like that about 65 to 70 percent of your time is spent in either cover and protection or prep of the surfaces and then the remaining amount 20 to 25 applying and five percent cleaning up Um, one tool or masking tool that i think really was
1: very smart if you're painting doors how much time have you wasted with that little blue tape trying to get it around the curved edge of the hinge have you seen the door hinge that's designed to just go straight over the metal plate—you don't have to sit there and mold your
0: tape around it. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I'm a I'm a proponent of actually pulling the hardware off. Um, I think in the end you end up with a with a better uh, finished product as it moves into that mortised area where where the hinges are bedded. Um, you just have to be real
1: careful if the hardware's off and you're using a roller to not leave a bunch of paint product there. You're going to just have to cut it out sure. to get that hinge plate to fit flush again.
0: Yep, that's right. And, and a lot of times to, to just kind of help that out, what I'll do is take the screws that I've pulled from the hinge, um, and then I'll tape them right to the mortise area of the jam, and that'll prevent that from getting you know, uh, any kind of paint buildup there. You can always take a razor blade as well before you refasten the hinge and just clean that little edge up with a razor blade pretty quickly. So
1: Well, we're talking painting and we're gonna talk about tools for applying. We've been talking about tools for masking and protecting here at Rosie on the House, joined with the production manager of Rosie Remodeling, Mr. Don Breeze. <laughs> Welcome back to Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years. Joined with Don Breeze, talking paint products for making your job easier. Let's talk about actually getting to the paint now. I don't know why they make buckets that are so hard to pour paint out of. You got your one-gallon can, <laughs> and you pour it into your tray or whatever you know container you're using. If it's a smaller bucket for touch-up on the corner, there, there's no way... That I have found to tilt it back, and you don't have a little bit of paint left in the
0: rim that you got to wipe out before you seal it tight. Running down the side of the can, <laughs> in the in the tray, in the uh, seat tray for the lid. Always yep, got to put the mess. can
1: on the drop cloth because there's always
0: a little ring of paint around the edge where you <laughs> <Yeah>. get them. <laughs> Well, those, uh, you know, those those tops that they've made uh, now for the gallon cans with the pour spouts and they've got the lid on them that, uh, you know, you can uh, close and, and you can actually just leave it that way overnight and come back to it the next day. Um, the whole thing is just basically keeping the air from the from the liquid paint. So they're great. Uh, that's That's been one of the uh, things that they've come out with, you know, in the last 10 years has been a, a tremendous help in a practical way for the painter, for sure. The pore lids are great. The first time I used one a couple
1: years ago, I, th- I was another thing. I thought, why didn't I think of this? This was too easy <laughs> not to think of. And another one are the paint can buckets like the handy can that someone finally thought, you know what? I'm going to put a magnet in this can so that the painter can put his brush, keep it out of the paint but in the bucket so he can set it down and get a drink of water, take a phone call, whatever the case that was a brilliant Yeah, absolutely
0: move. brilliant. And no, a tremendous help. It's one of the again, it's one of those practical things. The the industry it more and more is uh, trying to uh, come up with, uh, you know, some good practical innovations for for the user. So they're doing some things with ergonomics with the with the tools themselves. They're doing some practical things, as you've mentioned, with uh, the way that you uh, hold brushes and rollers in the containers that you're using. Um, I like the little... Uh, uh, quart size uh, paint containers that they have now that they sell the plastic liners for because you know It's an easy clean up you throw it away, and and you don't have any time or, or any labor in cleaning that are you a
1: liners guy for trays and buckets
0: uh, I well uh, on the pro side, we were always working out of five-gallon buckets, um, but uh, we do have you know smaller jobs or, or uh, uh, things that don't require a lot of volume and paint. We do use uh, some trays, and uh, we do use some smaller containers um, to uh, just kind of fit whatever the job is you're doing. They sell liners for those paint trays. Again, it's fantastic innovation because you just throw them away. They're, they're very cheap. You buy them by the dozen down at uh, the hardware store. And those
1: liners do create an additional waste, but if you look at it, you're all the water you're saving and then you're not washing paint into the landscape or down the drain. The paint dries to the plastic where it's going to the landfill anyway, so it's a better way to dispose of.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, you do have a you, you do have a little plastic waste in that respect. Um, I wouldn't be surprised with with uh, some of the um, some of the innovations and technologies that they're coming up with that sometime in the next six to ten years that those liners are actually made out of recycled biodegradable uh, products because that the whole industry and uh, really just uh, manufacturing in a whole has been moving in that direction. Corner rollers is there any that really work that the, the ultimate tedious
1: task. Of trying to get in the corner uh, where two walls meet, and this
0: is th- this only works if you're trying to do the same color on both walls. And and they are they they sell some uh, some sponge tools um, that uh, are for 90 degree corners. They actually have some sponges that um, that uh, have radiuses on them and some things like that for different. Uh, application needs—they do work good for for especially for the layperson homeowner just wanting to paint, you know, uh, a few rooms at a time in their house and that kind of thing. Um, uh, doing the same thing with a brush takes uh, a skill set that um, you know uh, usually only comes from being in the in the business. So I think they are very handy and helpful uh, for homeowners. They're they're pretty quick and easy to use. Uh, the more that they've been doing with some of the sponge stuff, you're going to see some of that continue to evolve in some very good ways and practical ways.
1: Does it create any kind of different look because you've got your sponge in the corner roll, and you've got your roller that does the rest of the wall? I know very few people are going to be sitting there looking at the corner wall to see if they could see the different type of... <laughs> You know, application methods that yeah, this was yeah. done, but you can't see your, yep. your brush stroke and your roll stroke. It, yeah, it all trying to needs get to some blend. consistency,
0: <laughs> where you don't see uh, ghosting is what we call it of where you've done something with something like a sponge or a brush, and versus the roller. So, as a rule, what you do is 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 you want to do that. That's called your trim work or your cut in work first, and then you want to roll into those areas and get as close as you can. And and that's usually how you'll achieve the best kind of consistent look and very unapparent that you've done something, you know, in a corner or up at the top uh, of a wall next to a ceiling or something like that.
1: When you're in your full paint mode, what tools do you have on you at all time?
0: It kind of depends a little bit on what phase of the mode you're in. But as a rule, you've got a putty knife on you. You've got uh, some tape. You've always got, uh, you know, a drop cloth with you, whether you're prepping or whatnot, just to keep uh, your area clean for the most part.
1: All right. After the news break, we're going to be talking about painting apps, a review of the three different painting apps we tried here at Rosie on the House. we are down to our last half hour of paint talk here at rosie on the house if you've been following along in our home maintenance calendar october has been paint month we've talked about color selection we've talked about proper paint selection we've talked about proper sheen selection we've talked about proper application we talked about color last week with was it a color therapist I i think that was a simpler name uh basically a color therapist we've talked about And this half hour, tools to spend money on, tools not to spend money on. Down to our last half hour, we have two special in-house guests joining us to talk about incorporating technology and apps in the painting process. Jen Gura, our office manager.
2: Hey, nice to be here with you guys. It's super exciting. I've probably spoke to many of you homeowners uh, on the phone personally, but uh, it's great to be able to talk to you all at once.
1: You can always tell when it's a listener that's called because Jen goes, no. That's not me. That's the other (laughs) (laughs) Jen. I'm Jen. You're asking for Jennifer.
2: Right, (laughs) Same name, different person.
1: (laughs) And our newest team member, Lance Kunkel. How you doing? Thanks for having me. You're just the guy that wears all the hats. I mean, we had a job description (laughs) when you came on board. (laughs) I think that... By the time you said yes to the, your first day in the office, it had already had like nine at revisions. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's an ever-changing thing, but I like it. Well, and, and you roll with it very well. We love having both of you all on the team. And uh, why we brought you in this week is because we assigned you both with the task of exploring and testing these new apps for aiding homeowners that are trying to tackle a paint project. You would both be considered millennials, right? So you're both qualified uh, probably the most qualified in the office by age. In the office. De- <laughs> Definitely. <Yeah>, technically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do this type of research. Do you like avocado toast?
2: Uh, <laughs> you know what? I probably would. So, uh, okay. you know, if that says uh. anything,
1: <laughs> I like them separately. I don't
0: know. Uh, yeah. I
1: don't know how about together. But. Okay. <laughs> how many different softwares did we test?
2: Uh, We tested three. There's three different phone apps that we tested. There was the Sherwin-Williams app, um, there was the Dunn-Edwards app, and then there was the PPG app.
1: So all of these apps were from paint manufacturers. None of them were independent of a manufacturer. Correct. Did they all restrict your options to their own color wheel?
2: Um, yeah, they all kind of suggested their own colors. You know, for example, when you use the, the Dunn-Edwards app, they provide you with Dunn-Edwards colors and, and their special names for their colors.
1: Which makes sense. It's not like they've got the other company's color wheel probably programmed right. in their their software. But in both regards, I mean, the, the variations and the, the look of colors, probably most human eyes couldn't pick out.
3: Right, yeah. You got quite a selection with both uh, both companies. So how does it work, Lance? So I tested out uh, the Sherwin-Williams ColorSnap app. Okay. And so basically you you open it up and you have a few options on what you want to do. You can either take a picture of whatever room you're standing in and say you already have a color in mind that you want to use, say so you know the paint number or the name, you can look that up. Apply it. Or you click your little um, your finger just right on the wall, and it will completely apply that color that you chose All on the wall.
1: I have my smartphone. Okay. I'm standing in my uh, kitchen, right, and I've got uh, a solid wall. Okay, you know the sinks behind me. My wall's over here. Got a little nook over there. So I've I've got my smartphone on. I t- and re- it's white right now. Okay, white. I have a white. I take a picture, or I put you'll the take app-
3: a you'll take a photo. Well, there's that's the thing about the Sherwin-Williams app. There's two ways to do it, actually. Okay. It can do it in real time, as uh, they call it their... Uh,
1: like you're reading a QR
3: code. It, it takes a picture yeah, it'll, physically it'll, in it'll the app. Aut- yeah, it'll automatically recognize through your camera different surfaces, and it'll let you know surfaces you know have been recognized, tap a color to paint the surface. And when you use that, I, think, I believe it's called Instapaint, um, the color or the quality of the colors aren't so great when you just take a picture. And I think that has to do with the real-time loading of colors because it can get a little bit pixelated when you move the phone. Okay. But it does give you a good real-time, you know, you can sort of do a panoramic, move the phone around and see how the colors will work, if, especially if you're in a larger room. But then you also have the option just take a photo and if you have a color in mind, you,
1: you pl- plug and play and see what you like. And so you're just changing the color on that wall on your phone to see what it looked like until you're happy.
3: Right. And then, you know, say you don't know the color and they have another feature there, which is uh, they call it picture match or explore color. And you take a photo of anything, you hit OK, and the app itself will recognize it and pop up little blurbs with each different shade and the names. And so say you have a, a maybe a plant outside or a rose and you, you really like the color, you can actually take a photo and see if they have something that closely matches that.
1: A paint color that would match the rose to yep. match the inside of color you're looking to fill in your home.
3: Right, yeah. If they got something close to it, you'll you'll get a result for that.
1: And does it offer multiple results, or do you have to like then go in and say, here's the result I found on your app. Can I have your fan decks and see color shades on either side of it?
3: It actually will let you, it'll show you the exact color you looked at, and then you do have options to go through that picture, or that particular hue, that range of colors, whether, you know, from dark to light, so, you, can, you know, say the rose is dark red, you can go all the way to maybe violet to pink. You know, it'll show you that sort of range between colors.
1: Now, this has all been color selection. Is that where the app ends, or can it look at this wall and know that it's 12 feet w- wide, 8 feet tall, so it calculates your square foot and how much paint product you need? <laughs>
3: Unfortunately, no, it does end with just the uh, the color selection, but... I bet you that's coming. Yeah, you pitch that to their marketing team. <laughs> I'm sure I you think, I think you just plate. gave them the did I,
1: did I just <laughs> give away the next million-dollar idea live? There you go, Roman. That's you what we do here. Again. <laughs> just handing out ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Sherwin-Williams app. Jen, Don Edwards worked the same way.
2: Um. Pretty much. It's uh, a little bit more limited uh, than the Sherwin-Williams app. So uh, Dunn-Edwards, they have the Instacolor app. Uh, and I have an Android, so I went to the Google Play Store and I uh, just started typing Dunn-Edwards.
1: Okay, that's a great. Lance, was this on iPhone or Android? That was an Android. Both of these have been Android, okay. Yep. I think you're the only two in the office that are on Android.
2: <laughs> Probably. I think everyone else <laughs> has an We should have iPhone. switched <laughs> you up <one> out. <laughs>
1: Make that three. Oh, Gary's got one too. All two. right, okay, Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, So, uh, you know, go to the, the Play Store. Um, I started typing in Dunn-Edwards, and the Dunn-Edwards Instacolor app was what popped up right away um, as a suggestion. And uh, when you go to install it, it does have a couple of permissions, um, like it wants access to your photos um, and your camera. But it uses that, like the Sherwin-Williams app, you point your camera at a color Or at a, you know, like we were saying, at on a bloom, perhaps you have a a beautiful purple bush outside and you really want that purple. Um, You can point the camera at that bush and it will pick up the different colors. Um, So when you're in the app, you don't have to have uh, a login uh, or any type of account to use the app. You can just log in and use it or open the app and use it right away you do have the option to create an account with Dunn Edwards. Um, and I, I mean, I didn't go that far as far as, you know, making an account and everything. Um, but uh, you open it up and you have the option to either take a photo or browse your photos. So say you went to Sedona last weekend and you just love the beautiful red of the rocks and you want to duplicate that color, you can upload that existing photo to the app and then select what part of the, the picture, the color that you actually want.
1: And see this is something that could have solved Rosie's first question that he got stumped on when he started the radio broadcast 30 years ago was the homeowner wanted the color of paint that matched yesterday's sunset. Ah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so if you had a picture of yesterday's sunset, upload it and you can grab that that beautiful orange tint that you wanted. Or
1: and with Instagram, I'm sure you could have jumped on there and found a picture of yesterday's sunset oh, from yeah. just your local sources upload it in your your phone selection app and then there was a third app that we looked at
3: yeah the third app was um ppg and the only uh, issues that we first came up with for the app itself to use it unlike sherwin-williams and uh, don edwards you actually need a outside piece of hardware they call it the nix sensor and it's just this little uh maybe about an inch inch and a half high but maybe an inch wide and you what you do is you set it down onto a color swatch and it's got a little hole on the bottom and then it senses the color. And using the PPG app, which you will connect to this, this device with Bluetooth, it will then upload all that information, color number, shade, the name, and that's how the PPG app works. They do, however, have a function on their browser. So you go to uh, ppg.com, uh, I think it works in any browser, I use Chrome, and you can upload a photo. And so I think I took a photo of the the conference room and it it's sh- supposed to select surfaces, like walls, the mantle, you know, and recognize tables and chairs, things that you're obviously not gonna be painting. And for the most part, it did a good job. And, you know, you you lose out on the color match feature because unless, you know, you have a somehow to, unless you have the NYX to scan it, you know, you go to the browser, sort of tough luck in that regard, but you can if you have an idea of the color, you can at least go and still visualize it.
1: And this Color Nix, is that correct? It, color Nix? It's just Nix. N-I-X. They, N-I-X. they call it the Nix Color Sensor. It When you put it on a surface, it's supposed to look at that surface and then give you the closest match of what PPPG offers if you're trying to match that one. Right. So, that's for color matching. It's Does it Have the function where, you know, you could take all these different colors and put it over your surface so you can see what different colors you're trying to, if you're trying to change the color.
3: Right, yeah, you can. And, I mean, for the most part, it works well. You select the wall, you select the color, and it will, you know, visualize that for you. And this could be because I took a bad photo, but there were a few times where it was mistaking things that were not paintable surfaces as the wall. And so the picture you would get is just would make no sense. So you just have to refresh it. And so I, and I will say it could have been just a bad photo on my end. But uh, I'll have to go and test that out again.
1: Between all three of these, did we have a, a, an agreed favorite or it's all closely enough minus the, the Nick's color match feature?
2: Yeah, I think the uh, Sherwin-Williams was our number one. Dunn-Edwards very closely following it. Sherwin-Williams because you have that the option to kind of use live view and ha- you have a, a couple other, you know, variety of, of what you can do with the paint there. So um, that one was definitely first, uh, followed by Dunn-Edwards, um, you know, just for the fact that it was really good at, at picking up the colors and it even kind of auto-selected different colors so you didn't have to do too much messing around on the screen and, you know, you can save in favorites and all that stuff, so... Definitely both very user-friendly. You can open them right up, use them, you know, no problem. There's not a big learning curve or anything to them.
0: Going back to Android or uh, Apple Mm -hmm. uh, app, which ones are which? Do you know?
2: Um, So we both have uh, Android. So all the apps that we tested, you can download them uh, through the Play Store on Android. Um, We didn't test them on an iPhone. I would imagine that they work just the same, though.
1: I'm yeah. checking my app store right now just to <laughs> check and see yeah. Yeah. if there they're go. there. There you go. <laughs> Getting fact checked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one was ColorSnap. Yeah. yeah. And which one was ColorSnap? That was the. That, that's Sherwin, Sherwin Williams. Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Our guest last week. Yeah, I uh, was discussing that.
1: Yeah. So there, there's, it is right there. ColorSnap, Sherman Williams on iPhone. And the other one was what was done? You had InstaColor. A sp- InstaColor. Yep. Insta, I N S T A. Yep. And there's Dunn Edwards under under Lifestyles, Instacolor. Okay, so, so there's the three different painting apps we tried out. We've got one more segment after this. It'll wrap up painting month here at Rosie on the House. <music> Wrapping up the final moments of paint month here at Rosie on the House. November, uh, next Saturday's broadcast on the 2nd. We start with home finance. Galaxy Lending will be in. Additional technology has increased, new apps come out. A lot of people, when apps came out, said, hey, when's Rosie on the house going to get an app? I'm like, there's no reason for us to have an app. You know, How many apps do you guys have on your phones? And how many do you use daily? It has to solve something. It has to do something. And that's when we adopted the Zada app because it gives you reminders. Do this for your home. Assign it to this person. Complete this task. And, and it stores and logs all those things so that when you go and sell your home, The next homeowner can have a record of here's everything you did. That's the end of what it currently does today. What it's going to do tomorrow, how many of these other technologies and these individual apps will start merging? We were talking earlier, Lance, about paint selection in your app. Rosie Remodeling uses some phone apps for measuring rooms and layouts and designing and drawing floor plans for a home. So you can measure it. How come that measuring feature isn't in the paint feature Can it so it can calculate total gallons of paint you need to complete this one task? None of them are going to become independently overly popular, I think, until they're multifunction, and it's going to take either an effort from all these individuals to come together for one, or one company is going to have to make the product for everything to bring it into this automation, and I'd rather right. not see that. What would be really cool to see... Here's the next multi million dollar app idea out there for anyone. <laughs> Unless you guys tell me you're app developers, we're going to shut the microphones off and develop our business plan right now. Say, so, okay, I'm an app developer, and you have a garage door that I'm going to make sure is always working with this app, and you're going to pay me to make sure it's always working. So I've got like four or five different garage door manufacturers that work on Romy's app, I've got six or seven window manufacturers that work on Romy's app so that as you're out there searching for these home products that have automation tools this one works with Romy's app so that when you go into Romy's app you can open your garage door close your lights turn off your watering turn on your uh your tv change the volume of music in the shop out back take a picture you know hold it over a room and you'll calculate the square foot match your color order your paint product you know. Romy's app would have multiple different – you know, it it would be a constant full-time support team of hundreds of people to probably make this work and be possible. But until you've got one uniform thing where I've got to now have this individual account for my garage door. I've got to have this individual account for my sprinklers. I've got to have this individual account for – who's got the time to sit there and sort through all these different apps and manage it? I mean, I had you guys at the break both search your – Google Google Store, Google Play Play for for different specific things. Jen, you searched for and what and you found.
2: So I ended up searching for uh, stuff to manage my life, just general life management. Most of them are calendars. (laughs) Um, A lot of them are um, like different. time, like like alarms to, to program what, you know, don't forget to feed the dog. Don't forget to, you know, cook dinner or whatever you got going on. Um, so a lot of them are motivational apps. Keep you going every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone needs a good motivation. Romy's app and then. can do
0: that. Yeah. It can motivate you. <laughs>
1: Start off the morning. You only have two projects in your house to do today. Air filters and run the dishwasher.
2: You can do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, most of them are like that. Like I said, to-do lists, you know, and so You know, it's it's definitely a lot. Things to manage your clothing. I mean, they've got they've got it all. Things to track your habits, a diet coach, Um, manage my nightlife. You know. All right, if you got to have that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's just tons of stuff. You Literally everything can be managed in one way or another, and there's probably an app to do it.
1: And Lance, I had you look up uh, some more home-specific apps. Yeah, I
3: looked up both home maintenance and home management just to see if there was any difference. Um, with home maintenance, a lot of the apps are very similar, actually, to what we see in HomeZada with the ability to create Uh, lists or to-dos around your house, you know, if it's cleaning an air filter, if it's checking your exterior paint, and then you have another few. And ours is better because that's just one element. You've got
1: maintenance, you've got inventory, you've got finance, you've got projects. So uh, ours.
3: Right, and that's what I was about to say as well. You know, another app on this list is, you know, an app to help you out with DIY projects. Again, a separate app for that, something we're working on to create. Mm -hmm you know, all-in-one with homezada
1: And the ultimate vision of what I have for our app, the Rosie on the House homezada is let's put you in an emergency situation. And it's multi-layered, so you could have it do as much or as little as you want. Imagine you're in a situation, your air conditioning is out, it's 114 degrees outside, it's going to be that inside your house in two hours if we can't get it fixed. You go to your homezada app, you log in, air conditioning, and any of our air conditioning contractors, you can see where the technicians are on site. You can see if they're busy or if they're available for work. If they're available for work, you could contact them, and then that could dispatch that technician to your home. You don't even have to be there. You say, this technician has a permission to get in my home. When he shows up and his phone hits your Wi-Fi, you know it's on site. The door unlocks. He does his work. You do, uh, you complete your service. You get the compressor going again. Uh, here's the charge. Do you accept this amount? Click yes. The money's transferred. As soon as his cell phone leaves your Wi-Fi, your home's locked, secured, and you get a note. And you didn't have to disrupt your business life to stay home and wait for this three- to six-hour window for <laughs> someone to show up.
2: <laughs> it's always such a long window. That's where
1: this will all go. Uh, and what we're working to perfect in the end. So, Well, thanks for joining us and your debuts here at Rosie on House. Did you know On Air was going to be part of your resume when you started? (laughs) Now I do. (laughs) Just added the list. We'll see you all next Saturday starting 7 o'clock sharp.